0: Which one is it? Seventy seven. Yes, you did. That's well, still in the book. (coughs) Seventy seven. What year did you marry, Brookhead? Seventy three. Wow. Okay. So you've already had your. You're having your 50th. Wait a minute, you got your 70th birthday this year. 69. Don't rush me. <laughs> <laughs> your 70th birthday is going to take place this year. And also your 50th anniversary? I think he just turned 69. January 4th, next year. He just turned 69. So there done. Oh! Six months difference. Okay, it's it's Glenn Crawford that's just about a month older than me. And I've got a few months on you because I'm I'm coming up in May. Oh, you're a little older. I'm a little older, (laughs) that's right. Not always will be. You're in, 70, right? I'm going to be 70. That's right, I was reading that in Psalm 90. You know, you you, you hit 70. You know, you, you hit 70, you don't just... Get there. You, you hit there. <clears throat> well, you married in 73? Yeah. Huh? Well, that's right. great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. 50 this Some yeah. of the Fosdicks, too. They're, they're- they married in 73? Yes. Yes. That's right. That's right. <coughs> so, a spring chicken's still in the 40s. There you go. 77 was a big year for us for a lot of reasons. Marsha's been to a lot of graduations that she observed, and she's been to a lot of graduations that, in which she was a graduate. And same true for me. But that's the only year we both graduated, same place, same time, getting the same degree. So we're just as smart as each other, right? So. <clears throat> Let's look at Psalm 77, and as we're reading, there was something, there was a line or two in that song that was new to me, that we sang that second song, that reminds us about toil and tears and life is full of tears, and toil, and disappointment. You know, people say, no tears in heaven. Aren't you glad? We, we have enough in this world. Now, not always tears of joy. They're sometimes tears of regret, of remorse, of suffering. <clears throat> so, let's read these 20 verses. I cry unto the Lord with my voice even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night, and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God, and was troubled. I complained, and my spirit was overwhelmed. You ever been there? I have. Thou holdest mine eyes waking, I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with my own heart, and my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever, and will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath He in anger shut up His tender mercies? And I said, this is my infirmity. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember the work, Thy works of old. I will meditate also all Thy work and talk of Thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? That's a pretty good question, isn't it? Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. The water saw thee, O God, the water saw thee. They were afraid. The depths also were troubled. The clouds poured out water. The skies sent out a sound. Thine arrows also went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook. Thy way is in the sea, and thy path in the great waters. And thy footsteps are not known. Thou ledest thy people like a flock, by the hand of Moses and Aaron. The day of the sunny day patriots, Tom Paine wrote, is gone. He said, folks, we're in a crisis time. He wrote that as the revolution was taking (laughs) place in this country. To break with Mother England. To assert that we as a nation would be ruled under God. And last time I checked, it's still on the coins. One nation under God. That's because the Founding Fathers knew that without God's aid, and thankfully we've had some presidents who have gone on record to say how important it is to ask that the Lord don't ever be guilty of saying, the Lord's on my side. It's really about us being on the Lord's side. I think we have a hymn about that. Who is on the Lord's side? But sometimes, the child of God goes through a dark time. And sometimes it seems to drag on and on fear ever notice when you're doing something you enjoy, time just flies. And when you're doing something that you're enduring, every time I go to the dentist, it seems like it takes five hours. But uh, if I'm eating chocolate ice cream, boy, I just despair before you know. And so in my study, I call this the believer during the long, dark night of the soul. Yes, we live in a hard time we have bitter experiences. We have troubles. Even if we weren't sinners, and we are, there's sin all around us. The consequences of sin. I don't know about you, but uh, you got my attention when I heard of the news that uh, some little six-year-old kid went to school and shot his teacher. Now, not that I'd be okay with that, but if they said sixteen, but if this is was six, wasn't well, even seven years old, up and shot his teacher. Kind of hard to recruit new teachers when you read stuff like that in the news, now is it? Hey, be a teacher, and uh, it's hard <coughs> experience. It sure is. <clears throat> if I had to say that, there's a key verse to this song. You might disagree with me, and you have that right, of course. But for my money, I go to verse 6. I call to remembrance my song in the night. The last congregational song we sang this morning, Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. The last Line of the fourth verse speaks about the fact the Lord's one who lovingly guardeth my footsteps and giveth me songs in the night. You might be going through a hard time in the morning and you think, well, maybe it'll get better. You hit noon time and, well, the day's half over and we'll just see what happens. But it seems like when you're on your bed, the day closed, and you're about to go to sleep, and sometimes all you can do is say, thank you, Lord, you're so good to me today. And we ought to say that. We have to give thanks for all things. Sometimes that's awful difficult. I don't know about you, but I've had some nights I've cried myself to sleep. I've had grief. I've had tossing and turning. And if you haven't ever had that experience, You live long enough. I bet you will. I really suppose you will. Because there are things that just hit us. Mr. Lincoln said after he lost a certain election, he said, well, it hurts too much to laugh, but I'm supposed to be a big boy and not supposed to cry. And by the way, if you're a child of God and you're moved to tears, it's not a bad thing. Now, if you cry because some little fly got swatted, that might be a bit too much. But the Lord wept over Jerusalem. He wept at the grave of Lazarus. Sometimes you go to a funeral and some people act like they're just a straight line face. And some people just just lose it. I can't fault a person for losing. At a few, especially when it's blood. When a husband loses his wife or wife loses her husband, I, I, I pray for that one because that's, a, that's a, a hard time. I, Humanly speaking, I might have to fall apart if I lost Marsha. I've lost grandparents. I've lost both parents. I've lost a brother. I've lost a lot of friends, a lot of others. But uh, it gets to me on the inside. I do my crying after the funeral for the sake of the deceased and, and somebody besides the funeral director needs to have a dry eye. But I hope when you see me at a funeral, you don't think, look at that hard, cold preacher. Well, I might be stern, and dry-eyed on the outside. But you better believe it. there's a lot of times. I've been bawling on the inside, just like a baby. Back up to uh, <clears throat> Job 35, verse 10, where it says, None saith God, where is God my Maker, who giveth songs in the night? Hey, I think that's where... Name with Franny Crosby. Got that. Gives me songs in the night. We have something to sing about, not just in the bright sunshine, but when you're all alone, <clears throat> the darkness. You get maybe the covers over your head or whatever. You, you don't want Facebooks going on in this world. The forty-second psalm in verse eight says. Yet the Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime and in the night His song shall be with me. Sometimes long sermons might not stick with you too much. Sometimes little platitudes might be lost in the shuffle. But if you can begin to sing or to hum or whistle a tune that expresses God's will, God's word? Would it be wrong for God's people to just spontaneously break out and sing? According to Acts 16, Paul and Silas, when they went to Philippi, folks didn't like them too much. They took them, they beat them, they put them in the prison. What would you be doing in the prison? I'll tell you what, I was never an inmate. The first time I heard those iron bars clang behind me, I realized this is the real thing. Folks, it ain't the same as when you're watching a movie or reading a book. When you're there, when you're behind those bars. And I have to admit, humanly speaking, the spookiest time I've spent there at the prison was when I got a phone call and said, Chaplain, just cool your heels, cool your engines because we're on shutdown. I said, well, I've got some place I'm supposed to be. Not until the warden says. Nobody comes in and nobody goes out. Well, that includes you, Chaplain. That's just the way it is. Wrap your mind around the idea that you're locked up with 400 or more convicted felons. Hmm. should make us realize some things. You know, four times in this song, we're talking about remembrance. If you have a short-term memory, God says, you work on that. It's important that we remember some things. So very special. So... Memorable, if you will. Verse 3 says, I remember God and was troubled. Remember, we have a God who's everywhere we are. Has heard everything we've said. Has sensed every feeling we've ever had. Has even read our mind. God knows what you're going to think ten minutes from now. Did you know that? You're not going to get anything over on God. I'm easy to fool. You can fool me. You can fool other people. Some people, they, they go through life making a game of, well, I, I can fool the policeman. I can fool the teacher. I can fool the boss. I can say one thing and then do whatever I want. can't do that with God. He knows exactly what you do. He knows exactly what your attitude. Now, He knows your motive. Jesus said, judge not in Matthew 7. He's talking about motive. If I see somebody wearing a new suit of clothes, oh, they're trying to look Mr. Francey and all that stuff. No, I, I have no right to judge to, to try to figure out why they do a thing. I said, "Tell me so." Because "I'm wearing this because." Okay, now I know why. Now I can judge actions. I can judge words. If you catch me telling something you know is a bald-faced lie, you say, "Well, I judge that to be a lie." And you'd be safe doing that. But uh, you can't judge my heart until I act upon it. I can't judge yours until you act upon it. But there are some things for us to remember. Many times already in the scripture, several of the Psalms talk about considering the experience of sorrow, of despair, and it seems to come out the strongest in the evening hours. Getting through the nights. I've talked to a lot of people who've lost a loved one. And I say, how you doing? And usually they'll say something like, the nights are the hardest. It is. It is. I uh, talked this week to a gentleman who lost his wife a couple of years ago. And he's 81, 82, something like that. And he says, I still... I wake up in the middle of the night and I turn to talk to her, and she's gone. You live with somebody 30, 40, 50 years, and then they're gone, and uh, sometimes you forget. And you wonder. You want to have somebody share something you saw, something you heard, some thought that you had. Maybe the passage of Scripture that has resonated. You remind her of something in a song, and you're, you're going along and, oh, I can't wait to to share that. And who are you going to share it with? Well, I married my soulmates, my beloved, and now we're on the same wavelength, except when she's eating green beans. That's about it. And otherwise, I mean, we're, we're, just, we're just together all night. And I share with her, and she shared with me. Two, two peas in a pod, if you will. But during those evening hours, so often we find ourselves troubled and we're tempted to feel sorry for ourselves. That's the problem with selfish people. They only think about themselves. They always think about themselves. I mean, that's their frame of reference. It's a good thing because I used to know an inmate that, uh, he said, you always preach for the King James, don't you? I said, I do. They say, well, I like such and such a version. I think it's a good version. I said, what makes it good? Well, because I like it. I like the way it puts it. And some people, they just like a certain turn of phrase. They prefer this or prefer that because that's what floats their boat. That's what really uh, pleases them. But we need a greater view of God. Some people have tunnel vision when it comes to God. They think, well, God sees this. That means He can't see that. No, He sees it all. All the time. God doesn't blink. God doesn't take a nap. That's why when the prophet on, on Mount Carmel was teasing the prophets of Baal, he says, what's the matter? Well, Why can't you contact your God there? Cry louder. Maybe He's asleep. Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's up goofing off someplace. Our God uh, is not asleep. Can you think of a scripture that says that? Oh, it's Psalm 121. He that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. You can catch me napping. Somebody else can catch you napping. Nobody catches God napping. He sees it all. He knows it all. He knows where you're going with such and such. And so, be aware of that. In Mark 8, it records the words of a man who says, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Because he knew he hadn't arrived. I know I haven't arrived. I hope it's not news to you, but in the Christian life, you haven't arrived yet. We're still in the process. We're still knowing and going and growing. So when I look at this song, three things jump off the page to me. The first is the writer, as he was writing, evidently he was distraught. His world was shaken. His circumstance was, was so tenuous. In verse 2, it was a day and night thing. Talks about the day of my trouble. And then my sore ran in the night and ceased not. This is an ongoing thing. If your idea of trouble is, okay, it'll be over in 90 seconds. Okay, I can deal with that. No, it goes on and on and on. But sometimes you have life-changing events. A parent who loses a child, their life won't be the same. You know, there are some things, It's uh, it's just, okay, uh, Marsh was kidding me the other day uh, when I was in the hospital a couple of weeks ago uh, a man we used to work with in Little Rock he came to see us and she reminded me you remember when we went in to see Brother Hinton and uh, I said Brother Hinton i got to tell you something because I was resigning from the school to go to go to the prison and I said uh, Brother Hinton uh, and Marsha stayed there right next to me I said, Brother and uh, I'm, I'm going to have to submit my resignation. And in my pride, I thought, well, he'll say, oh, no, no. He says, you're leaving, huh? Hmm. What about her? Oh, she stayed. Oh, okay. Let me know that in the grand scheme of things, like Dad used to say, "If you really think you're irreplaceable? Fill a bucket with water, stick it in your thumb, pull it out, and see how big of a hole you left. That's the way it is. Life goes on. While we're here, we need to do as well the best that we know how. That's why we're encouraged. Mister Spurgeon had a comment about verse three that there are times we cannot comprehend, even with meditation, what God is about, and you know all we can do we just sigh. We just. Lord, I I, I give up. And uh, Romans 8.26 talks about the fact that the Holy Spirit takes our prayers. Because sometimes we pray something and it might not actually be so. I heard from Royce Smith this week. He just heard that I'd been in the hospital. And he called. And uh, Brother Royce usually, and he did this time, Uh, Before before we ended the call, we had prayer over the phone. I appreciate that. I appreciate knowing that people are praying for me because I need the prayers of God's people. I covet the prayers of God's people. But uh, suppose somebody got a false word. I remind people from time to time. And a man called me up when I was in the hospital in ninety four, five, whatever. And he said, Brother Rains. Yes, sir. And I heard they took your leg off. It's just a minute. No, it's still there. I couldn't resist. I'm just that hungry. But people here Suppose you hear that so-and-so is ill. And you hear about that and you pray. But maybe between the time you got the word and you were talking to the Lord, the person died. You think the Lord reaches down and slaps you upside the head? No, dummy, he's dead. No. Sometimes when we pray, we don't know what to say. We feel a certain way and and we have a hard time putting it into words. That's one of the reasons why we have the Holy Spirit. He takes our prayers and makes them acceptable. We pray in Jesus' name. Now, don't don't pray in some other name, whether it's a saint or mama or some make-believe, whatever. No, always, when you pray, you pray to the Father in the name of the Son, the power of the Spirit. That's the right way to pray. But sometimes, we get (coughs) strung out. Verse seven asks these two questions: Will the Lord cast off forever, and only be favorable no more? Can you imagine feeling that you're just out of the loop? God's put you on the shelf; you can't do a thing, and, and you just you you you're toast. You've ruined it. You just taking up space. Now that's not true, but you feel like it. It's like David felt. Well. My dad would have said, lousy, when he cried out in the 51st Psalm, restore to me the joy of my salvation. You don't lose your salvation. You might say some dumb thing, or you might do some dumb thing, and you don't lose your salvation, but you can, many times you will, lose the joy of your salvation. You want that back if you're a child of God. You want to rejoice of the Lord. You get, you know, typically if I'm if I'm getting away from the Lord, I get around some Christian. Ain't the Lord good? Well, yeah, yeah yes He is. I'm thinking I'm kind of uncomfortable right now. Not because of the Lord, because the Lord doesn't change. He's always holy. He's always righteous. Sometimes we're not so holy. Sometimes we're not so righteous. The second thought is that he can remember when God had shown Himself so strong. That mighty arm. Just like we talked about Moses this morning. Well, that comes out here as well. You uh, are reminded of our great God time and time. And as I said, verse 6 harks back to verse number 2. My sore ran in the night, but the Lord gives songs in the night. Sometimes you're impressed about this. And a passage of Scripture comes up. That is one of many, many, many good reasons why we need to be saturated with Scripture. You know, some people, are like, well, I got a Bible verse on my wall. Good. Oh, forget it. It's not just wallpaper. It it speaks living truth. Something that is there to comfort you, something to guide you, something to correct you. Because you might get some goofy idea. There's lots of goofy ideas out there. You watch TV, and you get some goofy ideas. You watch movies, you read books, and there's a lot of goofy stuff out there. And if you say anything goes, there's so many contradictions in this world. God doesn't contradict Himself. He's too wise. And He's got only the best for His people, Sometimes they can't always appreciate that. That thing about songs in the night, Mr. Spurgeon used a commentator, a preacher a little before him, a guy named John Trapp, to point out that these songs in the night would call to mind the New Testament experience of someone who can glory in tribulation. How can you thank God for all things? I had a motorcycle cop pull me over once. He said, You've been going too fast, I'm going to write you a ticket. He wrote the ticket and I said, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for one of these. I said, Well, the Bible says we're supposed to thank. be thankful for all things. Are you being a smart guy or what? No, I just got through teaching a class about how we ought to do that. And I'd be the biggest hypocrite. I'd say one thing to my students and not do it myself. And then he said, Well, if I knew you were a preacher, I'd not have given it ticket I'm going to rip it up well actually you wrote it they probably have a record of how many you wrote right so even if i wanted you to you'd probably get in trouble so just just give me the ticket and uh that's the way it is at least i got a certain illustration <laughs> but we need to be reminded that even those tribulations turn to the police the second corinthians Chapter 13. You ever doubt your salvation? If you've never doubted your salvation, would you please raise your hand? Never doubted your salvation. But you're it, huh? Right. That's right! You know, I, we had a young lady, she, she asked us about election. And we talked about election a little bit. And uh, she said, I, I don't think... I don't think I'll ever be saved because I don't feel like I'm elect. That's so what would it feel like to be elect. I don't know. Oh. The Bible says believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in Christ. If, if election stumps you, it's not election that saves, it's Christ that saves. I, I think if the Lord saves you, He'll also bring you along Amen. to see some of these things. <clears throat> It's not unhealthy, although in some circles I would say it is, to ask is, Am I really saved? What evidence do I see in my life that I've been born again? He said, I go to church. And some people go to church so they can be told to go to church so they will continue to go to church. And they think that makes them a Christian. Well, I drive a Ford, and that Ford has been in church. At least on the property, every time we've been here. Think I'm going to see that ford in heaven? I don't think so. Well, it goes to church. Yes, yes. There are birds. There are probably bats in some places. There are bugs. There are bugs in this building. I'm pretty sure. But we're not going to see them in heaven. Just because somebody, quote, goes to church, that does not say It's a personal relationship that we have with the Lord. And so Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5. He tells those people, check those people out and figure out if they're saved. No, he doesn't say that. The real examination, look at the person you see in the mirror. And I don't mean when there's somebody standing behind you. Look at yourself. Look at your own heart. Your own life. Because this is where the rubber meets the road. This is serious. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. We were talking about the faith and faith in general. it in this morning in Sunday school. Are you in the faith? doesn't mean do I subscribe to a certain creed or code. Do you really believe? Is it evident? Do you have to make apologies for doing, quote, Christian things? Thinking spiritual thoughts? Psalm 10 says in the fourth verse concerning the wicked, God is not in all their thoughts. Now I don't think it's a stretch to say, if you are one of the Lord's, God is in your thoughts. I read those resolutions of Jonathan Edwards that were printed in the paper that Sister Heath gave me a couple of weeks back. And Jonathan Edwards lived in what he knew of God. And all we know about God that we can really take as absolute truth is what is in the Word. We have a standard. We have a judge. We don't judge the Bible. That's the problem with, quote, modern scholarship. They want to judge the Bible. Now, it's wrong for man to say he's going to judge the Bible. It's the Bible that judges us. It's the Bible that points out if we're right, kind of, sort of right, or we're just off the beat completely. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. It's real easy to say, you know... Oh, Joe Dokes over there. I don't think he's a Christian. Sally Sue out there, I don't think she's a Christian. Guess what? You're not going to stand for Joe Dokes in the judgment. You're not going to stand for Sally Sue. But what is your crime? Jesus once asked the disciples, Who do men say that I am? And people are all over the board. They said, Who do you say I am? Wouldn't hurt us if every once in a while we just got along with the Lord and said, Lord, I'm convinced you are truly my Lord and my God. You know, we, we had a young man ask for baptism today. I said, hey amen. That's a great thing. But there was another man asked for baptism in Acts chapter 8. They riding along with the chariot and Philip's been preaching Jesus to him. And the man said, Hey, here's some water. I don't think he held up his case teeth. I think they came to an oasis or maybe a stream. And he said, What hinders me from being baptized? And, Pete, and uh, Philip said, Well, if you feel like it, we can do it. No. He said, If you believe. He said, Well, everybody believes something. No. He said, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Philip said, stop this cherry. we go got a baptism. There you go. That's where it is. To begin the faith. And even the last verse of this psalm talks about God's people being led as a flock. God has shown Himself strong. When you are weak, He is strong. He is the strength. He is the rock. He is the fortress. He is everything to us. And don't us ever forget. So the third thought, real quickly, is that on reflection, we have to recall and rely on God. I've had some very precious friends who, humanly speaking, could and often did do whatever they could to help me. And I'm so thankful for that. A lot of those friends are dead. A lot of those friends are so far away. They couldn't do a whole lot about it. They called me up on the phone and I said, uh, God's been good and uh, he blessed with this and blessed with that. And they'll tell me about such and such and such and such. It doesn't do any good to just play the turtle and try to ignore. Uh, I didn't mention it this morning, but we had contact with Marsha's mother, and her pastor in California, been diagnosed with cancer. They sent him home. Is is he in remission? I don't think so. He doesn't want to be in the hospital. Right, but he said he didn't want to be in the hospital. Somebody said, well, you don't go back in the hospital, you probably died, so I don't want to die anyway. And I just don't want to go. Was it his daughter that said, I don't want to be around Daddy because I don't want to be a reminder. He's going to die. Guess what? i got news for you. Whether it's now, or a few weeks from now, or many, many years. Daddy's going to die. Mama's going to die. That's a downer. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's the truth. I'm going to lie to you. So am I. And when I'm gone, I don't want people to say, oh, it's the end of the world. No, it's not. God is still our God. He's God and King forever. Amen. And so, verse 10, I said, this is my infirmity. And if you stop there, you're just parking in your own self-pity. Don't be there. If you're ever there, get out of that spot as soon as you can. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the most high. I will remember the works of the Lord. What has God done? He has always Shown himself strong. He has shown that he is greater than any adversity, than any calamity that you or I could or will ever face. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Do you talk about the Lord? I'm convicted about the fact that sometimes I'll talk even to Christian people. And you wind end up talking about politics or economics or the weather. You know, that that doesn't really get to eternal things now, does it? Because politics, we're not going to be voting for anybody in heaven. The election's over. We're not going to be talking about the weather in heaven. I don't think we'll have any cloudy days or you know, get inside, folks, because look, We got a bad one coming up or anything. It's going to be cold. Make sure you got this, that, and the other. No. We live in times of great limitations. This is my infirmity. I don't have the energy I used to have. Doesn't mean God's weak. I may be weak, but He is strong. And that's a confidence. The times make it painfully obvious. Sometimes we say, all I can do is pray. Well, don't ever say, the only thing I can do is pray. Because prayer is not our last resource. It's our first resource. You know, it would make a good Bible verse, wouldn't it, if it said men are always to pray. Oh, yeah, that's already in there, isn't it? Men are always to pray and not to faint. A lot of people rather faint than pray. Don't quit. Don't think the Lord has dropped the ball because He hasn't. But our part is to pray. You see, I've had people say, well, preacher, I can't preach. I can't teach a Sunday school class. I can't sing. I can't lead the music. I can't play an instrument. I can't do much of anything. Can you pray? Well, uh, yeah, just like I pray. Then pray. Pray without ceasing. That's a full-time job. That's 24-7. That's uh, a pretty serious thing. So time and time again, the Psalms tell us, don't be like the beast who doesn't pray, doesn't have a concern about spiritual things. You know, when that cow eats, the cow ever look up when he eats grass? why not. He's looking at the grass. He, she is looking at the ground. City boy there. The bulls too, right? I mean the animals. They, they just kind of, kind of looking down. And when you see them, they look like they're nodding their heads, maybe. But uh, I've never heard even. And sometimes I go out. I quote a scripture. And I, I lived at a place on New York Avenue there. I was at Minnesota Drive. One of them anyway. And there was a cow in the field. And I came out, thank you, Lord. The cow never, no. The closest to the cow came to that one, a Bree-bree. because I don't think they have amen. And then, okay, to do that. But God's people ought to say amen. Verse 11 talks about our need to remember two things about God: His works. His wonder. Somebody says His works and His word. Don't forget either one. Because they're out there. And again and again we're reminded about that. And verse 13 should get our attention. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? some of us have memorized and some of us even learned to sing. It kind of goes together sometimes. After God delivered the Hebrews at the Red Sea, they didn't say, well, I'm glad that's over. No. They sang collectively. And in verse 11 it says, part of what they had to say and sing was, who is like unto thee, O God? Among the gods. In Egypt they saw all kinds of statues. Gods, gods, gods. All over the place. None of them created anything. They were formed, fashioned by men. Who is like thee? Glorious in holiness. Fearful in praises. Doing wonder. I might do something kind of mediocre. I might do something that some man might be impressed by. But I've never done a wonder. And no offense, I don't think you've done too many, if any, wonders. But our God is the one who does wonders. Who is so great a God as our God? I want to close with a quote from old Matthew Henry. If you have only room on your shelf for one Bible commentary... I would recommend Matthew, Matthew Henry. He's got something to say about so many verses that resonate with us. In singing this psalm, we must take shame to ourselves for all our sinful distrusts of God and of his providence and promise, and give to him the glory of his power and goodness by a thankful commemoration of. Of what he has done for us formerly and a cheerful dependence on him for the future. There are dark times. I won't lie to you. And just say, put on a happy face. That's not going to cut it all the times. But you remember our great God, what he has said and what he's done. Let's stand But again, would you close us with prayer?